Hi, welcome back to another episode of Murder at the Table. Today we have something very special in store for you all. So since we are just coming up on autumn or fall, as you may call it, and we are closing out the summer, we wanted to share with you guys some of our favorite cases from the summertime. So here it is. To introduce myself, I'm Amanda Washington. And I'm Michelle Graham. And this is Murder at the Table, a production of Mandy Image Media. So without further ado, I'm going to jump right on in and get started. So the summertime was hot. It was crazy. But I would say the craziest case that I heard this summer was about our favorite girl, Miss Ski, Carly Russell. (laughs) (laughs) That was your girl. (laughs) She needs to know you were her biggest fan. Yeah, no, I, I... we were concerned. I, was I still feel I still feel displaced and disrespected. Yes. So when I tell you it was people in my comments, whatever, eating me alive, bruh, on <laughs> threads, because I said that Carly was lying. And then days later it came out that she was lying. And this wasn't me not believing black women, because I believe black women always. And I think black women being missing is a global epidemic for sure. Mm-hmm. But I'm also an investigative journalist like I look at facts you were the first to tell me that she was lying and you, you know I was on the side of <laughs> something else happened Mandy she gone and you yeah. were like <laughs> you were like uh dry the tears that girl's lying yeah I was like else. no I'm looking at the facts like I put my empathy behind me and I'm looking at straight facts because she was up to no good okay so on July 13th, Carly Russell called 911 to say that she saw a toddler on the side of the road walking alone. So already fishy enough, but fine. She saw the toddler walking alone and she calls 911 to get some kind of, you know, plan or what to do. So 911, mm-hmm. yeah. So 911 dispatches people to the scene and they're like, okay, yeah, somebody's on the way. So after she hangs up from 911, she calls her brother's girlfriend and the brother's girlfriend says, um, you know, I guess to kind of like wait on the phone until the cops come. The brother's girlfriend says she heard Carly scream and it sounded like the phone was dropped. The next thing you know, the police arrive. There's no toddler. There's no Carly. It's just her car with the door wide open. So what else do they find in the car? They find her wig. And then they also find her purse. So I knew that something was up once they found the wig. I'm like, they snatched you so hard that that wig fell off? Maybe she had a different one on. Damn. Please. This is coming from a wig wearer. I have on a wig right now. Yeah, she put it on right before we we be uh, clicking record on this. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Okay. So neither Carly nor the toddler were found, like I said. But of course, this case goes viral. I mean, stupid, y'all, within a few hours. Like, people are really looking for Carly. And so the TikTok and Instagram aunties and uncles are like, hey, we need to find Carly and see where she is. Because, of course, like I said, missing Black girls is a serious thing. And there are missing Black girls out there that we need to find. Mm-hmm. So within, I didn't even realize, Vish, because it seemed like, and I was I was just so in the trenches with like, this something is up. She came back 49 hours later. I thought it was like four or five days, like a week. It was it's, two days. It felt like a week to us. And this is why I say the news is powerful. I'm like, if you if these news reports don't have dates, times, that's why we're so big on timelines on the show. It's yes. like, you'll, time is an illusion. You'll get lost in it. Like for us, I feel like that shit felt like a week, two weeks. By the time we heard about it, for them in real time there, it was over. Like she was already yep. back. 
But by the time we heard about it and then, you know, the updates came, it was like, bruh, this shit really happened in the span of two days. Yeah. So she miraculously showed up at her family's doorstep and, you know, said that she had been kidnapped, blah, blah, blah. Y'all, this is when I knew that it was a farce because I'm like, come on, come on. I don't If I get kidnapped, I'm not running home. I'm running to the nearest somebody's home. Boom, 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 boom. Call police, call police. Mm -hmm. You went home, bro. And then it was saying. And then how'd you get home? Did you have a wallet? Did you have a girl? And they Did she have a wig on? on? Did she have a wig on? Probably not. <laughs> so, you know, of course, now everybody that had been following the case had questions. But so did the police. The police were also just as confused as all of us out here, you know, in society. So um, the Hoover police chief, his name is Nick Durzis. Nick actually kind of put all the pieces together of this. And he was like, yeah, something ain't right. So I'm going to give you guys some some things that happened during the case that, you know, he wasn't able to verify and that he just thought was downright fishy with Carly's case. So she said that a man emerged from the trees near the highway while she was checking on the child. He forced her, he forced her into a car. The next thing she knows, there's an 18-wheeler out there and she's in it. Then she <laughs> says somehow the man is has orange hair and he has a bald spot and she can hear the voice of another woman who was in the 18-wheeler, but she never saw the lady's face, okay? So now not only is the baby involved, but there's another woman and there's Carly. At one point, she also said she was able to escape the trailer, and then she got recaptured and taken to a house where she was forced to undress, and she was being photographed. So another big thing in this case was a lot of people thought she was being sex trafficked. And, mm -hmm. you know, my thing was, if she is being sex trafficked, what is the nearest, largest airport? The, the, the airport in the U.S. that traffics the most young women is Atlanta Hartsfield Jackson Airport. The trafficking is insane. So I was like, okay, Hoover is, you know, right under two and a half hours from Atlanta. Maybe they're taking her through the Atlanta airport. Mm -hmm. But of course, we didn't see any footage of that, anything like that. That girl was lying, as we already <laughs> know. So the other thing that had the police kind of, you know, their wheels were turning and also had my wheels turning was the fact that she went to Target and got snacks. The bag of snacks was also missing from said car. They saw her on camera getting the snacks, okay? She's also seen on camera the day of leaving work, and she's stealing a bathrobe, toilet paper, and other items, <laughs> okay? And so also in the, the midst of all of this day. being missing, the job fires her because she was stealing. So can you imagine being missing, and then your job also fires you? Them folks didn't give a damn. They said she was stealing <laughs> from us. Okay. But also, I'm like, it's giving she needed a relaxing weekend unplugged. Like, you couldn't have just got your hotel room and the mm -hmm. snacks. Okay. And, and shit, you was already getting fired from your job. So keep the robe and go. To, first of all, if you she rented a hotel room. So there wasn't a robe in there. You had to steal the robe from work. She went to the hotel room? Did she have a hotel room? I don't know. I know that was like rumored, but I still don't know where she was this whole time. Like, nobody really, like, that's the police the have not released case. where that's, she was. That, that's the true shit here we need to figure out. <laughs> is what we're doing for two days. Yeah, I'm I'm sure a homegirl picked her up or something. So then I and I'm I'm almost done here. The, my last two points. There were internet searches on her phone. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, people are just dumb. Like criminal one-on-one. I mean, honestly though, if the police were to search my computer today, they would probably think that I was a serial killer because yeah, I, all of it's the murder and stuff that's it's on getting here. weird. Number one on the list. 
Yeah, but hey, listen, Popo, I'm just I'm just here to search and give the people the tea. That's it. So um, she searched up how to um, basically do you have to pay for an Amber Alert? And I'm like, no, it's automated. You t- like, where are you getting this from, Carly? Girl, so, she, thinks, she think Amber Alert is, is a system. You go and pay and you put in the alert and then it goes out. Yes. She also searched one-way bus tickets, how to take money from a cash register without being caught. And finally, on the day she went missing, she searched up Liam Neeson's 2008 thriller, Taken. I really feel like everything is scripted between her and Blueface and <laughs> yes her and Blueface and that whole family I don't know what, what who's giving more scripted it's like what's real life and what's not what are you talking about you google taken what was you trying to find out from taken babe that was an international sex trafficking kidnapping situation Girl. you are right here in the United of States I'm, I'm like all you have you just have to dip babe you didn't even have to tell the police doing all this stuff so of course now it's like obstruction of justice. She's lied to the police. Long story short, y'all, they charged her. She went to jail um, briefly, but I believe she has to probably like do community service and pay a fine. It's nothing serious. Like it was certain things they couldn't technically charge her with. So that was my craziest case from the summer. Which, uh, yeah, that was one. That one took social media by storm because in the beginning it was like, believe black woman. I'm like, Carly, you're ruining it for us. And by yes. this, I mean- Black woman, and also you're ruining it for black women that could have went missing at that time. Just imagine what else was happening in America at that time. That case mystified us. Like we mm-hmm. were in it, and it at first it was a black community thing, then it was a national thing, and then it was yeah. a joke. And I'm like, Ugh. can y'all imagine what real news was needed to be reported? What was happening mm-hmm. at that time? Those police officers, all that, those resources going to finding her because it became a national mockery. Like. It's it, it blows me, but I'm gonna move on to the next case because we have four to get to get through. I'm gonna give you guys an update on Larry Nassar. Oh my gosh, Mr. Gymnastics! Yes, so a disgraced sport, sports doctor, Larry Nassar, was stabbed around ten times by an inmate in a federal prison in Florida on Sunday, July 9th. To jog your memory, Larry was sentenced to 60 years in federal prison on child pornography charges to be released on January 30th. 2068. But then when he's released, he will immediately serve another 40 to 175 years in Michigan State Prison for sexual sexually abusing children. He's most notably known for being the sports doctor at Michigan State University and for the U.S. National Gymnastics team. Over 115, I'm pretty sure, um, witnesses came forward to talk about their assault um, at the hands of Larry. So back to what happened to him this summer. Apparently, this Florida prison has been experiencing staffing shortages. On the day that Larry was stabbed, one of the officers in Larry's unit was on his third straight day of 16-hour shifts. This was mandated overtime. Third straight day, 16-hour shifts. At that point, did, did did this officer even leave the prison? And for the nature of Larry's case, of course, he has two to three officers around him at all times. So. Larry was stabbed twice in the neck, twice in the back, and six times in the chest. When I tell y'all, I'm like, (laughs) this man is, Avenger him. Two (laughs) times in the neck, two times in the back, and six times in the chest? Like, are you? And he survived. He survived. But, Amanda, do you know why Larry was stabbed? Do you know what led to it? No. I found this out when I was researching this case. So, according to ABC News, 
Larry was stabbed after an inmate heard him making disturbing comments while watching the women's Wimbledon tennis tournament. He allegedly said something on the lines of, I wish there were girls playing. And emphasis on the watching the women's Wimbledon tennis tournament. And he said, I wish there were girls playing. Still a certified pervert. That inmate went to his cell later that day and carried out the attack. We don't we don't too much touch on I mean we 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 have covered a lot of sickening cases um that involve children, sexual abuse, assault, murder, rape. Larry is it, he is this is a disease. Mm-hmm. And some people like feel away when people say that like no, they're just sick in the head. They're sick. And I'm like, yeah, and that's a disease. Exactly. I'm like, this man just said I wish there were girls playing. Like these looking at the TV like these women are too old for me. And I'm surprised he didn't get got before that. You know, people in jail do not like pedophiles. Yeah, which is crazy. I'm like, all you murderers, but y'all can't deal with a pedophile. Y'all can't deal with a rapist. Men messing with little kids. It's Mm -mm. because he he normally has officers around him. He normally, and I'm like, I I, want to look more into like the layout of his arrangement Mm -hmm. because it, it was also another officer who was on his second day of overtime, apparently. Who was also on his unit, and when they meet, when they say unit, I'm like, oh, when he's roaming the jail, whatever, when he's out of his cell, he must have mm-hmm. protection. Which at that point, why don't you just put him in a different part of the jail? I guess that would be more Maybe resources. Just put him solitary. But yeah, but solitary is also a punishment. But I'm like, so it's prison solitary. <laughs> so I don't really know protective custody. But that's essentially what it is when they say protective custody. I'm like, it's really solitary because yeah. they're secluded from everybody. Yeah. And also, if they're a liability, like, and I just think it's interesting that the shortage of staffing at this prison automatically, if you have someone of high risk of that nature in that prison, why isn't that person moved? Mm-hmm. You have somebody working three shifts of overtime. Now, it's not said in the article where the officers were when he was stabbed, but it's a democracy in there, babe. It's set up as a setup. And like the fact that that inmate came right into Larry's cell and stabbed him up. Two times in the, enough to stab him twice in the neck, twice in the back, and six times. Who, honey? Villains don't die easy because Larry should be. He should have. He should have kicked the bucket six times in the chest. Like that should have. Like they were trying to. They were trying to take him out the game. Yeah, and he survived. So that's my first update. Okay, you ready for your here next is one? my number two, babes. So y'all know. <laughs> I love what the scorn lover. Oh, there we go. It's gonna hit you every time. Okay. Have y'all ever seen those memes um online when they be like, yo, put put a put an air tag in her ass so you can see where she's going? This is essentially what happened. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna call this one the air tag killer. So <laughs> this case actually happened last summer. However, the conviction of the murder were happened this summer mm-hmm. so 27 year old galen morris who lived in marion county marion county is in indiana um which is essentially indianapolis um so for you know geographical sake for our listeners we're just gonna say that it's indianapolis so 27 year old galen morris is from indianapolis and she killed her boyfriend andre smith why did she kill him scorn lover of course he is cheating on her. She mm-hmm. suspects that he's cheating. And so she puts an air tag in the backseat of his car. And when she puts the air tag in the backseat of his car, 
she waits and she waits and she waits and she waits for it to move. And then she sees where it moves and she goes to that location. So before I get into that, she was not charged with murder. She was charged with voluntary manslaughter. And I'm going to tell you why she was charged with voluntary manslaughter here in just one moment. But his cause of death was traumatic asphyxiation. And so, you know, automatically, whenever I hear that word, I think of strangling, right? Mm -hmm. um, but he wasn't necessarily strangled. And I'm going to tell you how he died in just one second here. Mm -hmm. So Galen was actually sentenced to 18 years in the, um, with the Indiana Department of Corrections um, with a little bit of time served. So she, again, suspected that her man was cheating on her, put the air tag in his backseat, and she followed him to Tilly's Pub. At Tilly's Pub, she confronted him. She barges in, she confronts him, she confronts the woman, and they have this portion on tape. She actually gets into a physical altercation with the woman and then gets thrown out of the pub, okay? But he was on a date though, right? Yeah, he's, he's okay. with a whole nother shorty. Just, okay, okay. Andre is with a whole nother girl, but Galen is his, his girlfriend. girlfriend. Mm -hmm. So... <clears throat> When Andre and his new lady friend leave the pub, Galen is lying in wait in the parking lot for them to come out. So as she's lying in wait, it was said that she revved up her engine and literally ran over him several times like a human speed bump. Oh, so she did this in public. She knew she was going to jail. She did this in public. So she backed up over him and pulled forward three times, killing him. And that's tra traumatic asphyxiation. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was new for That me wouldn't be well. blunt force trauma? I guess not. I guess it's whatever not, it was. Okay. Because he, yeah, he wasn't ran punctured? Out of breath, but whatever it is, it must have, like, you know, knocked the wind out of him. So. Learn something new every day. Yeah. Again, a tra traumatic asphyxiation. An another yeah. something I've never fucking heard of. Yeah, me either. So you may be wondering why she got charged with um voluntary manslaughter instead of murder mm -hmm. so in the state of indiana they actually have something that they call sudden heat and i'm going to give you the definition by law of what sudden <laughs> heat is it mm -hmm. is provoked mm -hmm. by <laughs> it's provoked by anger rage resentment or terror to a degree sufficient to obscure the reason of an ordinary person prevent deliberation or premeditation and render the defendant incapable of cool reflection so essentially oh, you're a hothead and it's like something happened and you're just like i gotta go do this okay but can you not claim premeditation when she put the air tag in the car granted she can explain that she went there to confront him but mm -hmm. there's no telling what was going on in her mind could that not be a part of yeah. premeditated murder I, I i guess so but it's also like it, it, that doesn't necessarily mean that she went there to murder him. It just this means is, that she was stalking him. This is true. What does like, premeditated murder mean at this motherfucking point? How much she, evidence do you need she, to prove that? If she had like taken a gun with her and then, you know, like something else like that, like, okay. And she said out loud, like, yeah, I'm gonna kill your ass, blah, blah, blah. Like okay. that, that would be premeditated. How soon does premeditated murder need to be premeditated murder? Because she sat in that car with the intention of killing him. Yeah. With the intention of running him over when he came mm -hmm. out. But I'm going to tell you what saved like, her. What's planned, what's planned and what's not. Like she planned to run him over and she executed. Mm -hmm. Is that not premeditated murder? Well, and I think also she got involuntary manslaughter. The thing that might have saved her was one of the police officers dash cam footage. So you can see her in the car where um like she got arrested on on site you know and um when she got arrested 
you can see her in the in the cop car and the police officer's like, you know, blah, 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 he's dead. And the way that she like belted out a scream, she was like, he's dead. You know, like she was in disbelief. I think she just wanted to hurt him. I don't think she wanted to kill him, but she in fact killed him because how, why would you run over somebody's body that many times? So one of the witnesses said they physically saw his body like, you know, standing up straight. And by the time they looked over again, they couldn't see him anymore. All they heard was crunching. So I'm going to give you the exact quote. So one of the witnesses says there was there was a hitting of gas and I did see Andre go down and I heard what felt like a speed bump and some crunching. And once it was done, she backed up again, then forward again, then back again. It was some other people in the bar that said that his head was literally on the other side of the tire. So I guess that makes sense with the, with asphyxiation. Like it was, uh, she was probably rolling neck. over his neck. So it suffocated him. And she didn't think that would kill him. What do you think happens not. when you run him over with it? I'm sorry. With a car? It, it would, it's, it's given first degree murder to me. Yep. So his family was, was super pissed. But At the least second degree. The difference between the murder charge and the, in, in the voluntary manslaughter was essentially like serving 18 years or serving life without parole yeah like she's gonna get out how old is she um she's 27 yeah she's gonna she's gonna get out in her 40s and live a whole life still Mm -hmm. absolutely the fuck not yep i can't wait till she answers them questions of what what were you doing time for yeah i just ran my fucking boyfriend over and it wasn't like hidden in plain sight. I guess this is another part of the premeditation, right? The air tag wasn't hidden in plain sight. When you see evidence photos, like, you know how, like, if you were to peel back, like, the seats of your car and it's just, mm-hmm. like, the titanium under there, mm-hmm. that's where the air tag was. Like, she, like, put it in the crack of the seat and it fell back there. So, mm-hmm. like, it was never coming out. She was going to track him wherever he went. Exactly. And it's like, girl, you blew it on the first time. I cannot imagine being that other girl. I wouldn't go on another date. I wouldn't date for a minute, babe. You're telling me I'm going on a date with a dude I think is my man and we're dating. We're having a good time. Not only does his girlfriend pull up and we get in an altercation and it's like, damn, after the altercation, he stayed in there with the other girl. Yes. And you're thinking you're thinking she's sweet. You're thinking he picked me and you go outside and he she ran him over. I'm also very intrigued that she decided to kill him instead of her when she got in the altercation with her in the bar. Mm-hmm. I imagine it's because that's her boyfriend. That's the one she's the person she's really mad she at. She's going for, yeah. But I'm like, and also to think that he was even set apart from the other girl enough to get ran over by himself. Like, yeah. where was she at when that happened? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Wow. Okay. <sighs> On to the third case. Okay, this is a case that's near and dear to my heart. And by that, I mean, I'm obsessed with it. So I am going to tell you about the investigation of the University of Idaho student killings. So this case didn't happen this summer. It happened in November, 2022. But the investigation began unfolding in May, and I was soon addicted to it again. When this happened last year, y'all, around Thanksgiving, I literally could not peel my eyes from the TV, from the news, from anything I can I can grab about it because I was so intrigued, especially since there weren't many suspects in the case. So in November 2022, four University of Idaho students were found stabbed to death in a house. Two roommates in the house at the time of the attacks were unharmed. The victims were identified as Kaylee Goncalves, she was 21, Madison Mogan, she was 21, mm-hmm. Ethan Chapin, he was 20, and Xana Cronaudel, she was 20. 
it took police weeks to identify any suspects. On December 30th, so this happened around November 3rd, I believe, of 2022. On December 30th, almost two months later, 2022, police arrested 28-year-old Brian Kohlberger. He was a PhD candidate studying criminology at a nearby Washington State University campus. Brian was shocked to be arrested, but he came, but he became the prime suspect after authorities matched DNA collected at the crime scene with genetic information one of his family members submitted to a genealogy website. So when I found that out, I remember them saying they found his DNA on something. I'll tell you about that in a second. Um, the fact that his DNA was was matched via, you know, a genealogy website. I also wonder how much DNA does the goddamn police have access to? Because that's that's ultimately what linked Brian and the only thing that linked him to the crime scene. Brian is the sole suspect in this case. He was charged with four counts of first-degree murder and burglary. On May 17, 2023, a grand jury indicted him on the same charges, upping the burglary charge to felony burglary. A few days later, Brian entered a not guilty plea. So in June, a DNA sample taken from Brian nearly 100% matched the DNA found on a knife sheath at the crime scene. So this is the same DNA um, that was found that I just told you guys about that his family that was matched from a DNA sample from his family to mm -hmm. the blood found on the, the sheath. They took a sample from Brian just to be double down and be 100% sure that it was him. Yes. And it was nearly 100% match. Prosecutors announced this month that they will be seeking the death penalty based on that. Oh my gosh. They still do that in Idaho? <laughs> Girl, apparently. So on August 23rd, Brian's trial was postponed and he waived his rights to a speedy trial. His defense also got a small win when a judge agreed to let a very important upcoming hearing. It just happened on Friday. News hasn't dropped about what happened yet. But the judge let a very important hearing happen behind closed doors. Brian's team is working to get his grand jury charges thrown out to avoid the death penalty. So there's a few things that, that happened at this hearing yesterday. And it was to try to get these, his defense was trying to get these charges thrown out to avoid the death penalty, the grand jury charges. They are also trying to request no cameras and from anyone, in, 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 from people being allowed inside the courtroom. I did see that the other day um, in my news alert that they didn't want no nobody in the courtroom. I'm like, oh no, court TV need to be in there, babe. Hello. So both it was crazy is both the defense and prosecutors are requesting cameras be barred from the trial once it begins. I'm very intrigued that the prosecutors want that. Like, oh, it's both sides. Yeah. You know, trial by the people. I would think that the prosecutors would want people following this, especially since hmm. people have been following it already. I'm also very fucking surprised they're even doing the case in Idaho. Like, yeah, they need to change. They need to change a venue. But honestly, at this point, it don't matter. They need to take that case to Mexico. Everybody know about them. Everybody in the United States of of, of the Americas. Like, we all know. Like, I, I don't know what you do in this case. I'm very intrigued that his defense isn't requesting a bench trial, which gives me they want they want a jury because they want people to somehow to be able to to mm -hmm. share this case. Yeah, with the people doubt. Be yeah. To cast some doubt and, and be able to, you know, get him free. Because I'm like, maybe they're thinking if it was up to the judge, I'm going to jail. But I'm like, if you're already asking for cameras to be barred in the trial, meaning there won't be as many people in the in, in the room, I, which mm -hmm. also makes me a little bit excited. Because give me one of them court reporters who be doing them sketches. Would love to see that. Yeah. That well, shit fire to me. Vibe. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, give me that. Give me that. But I also, I also wonder what this means for audio recording if cameras are barred. Because I'm like, I'm also thinking for court reporters, are you at least, are they still able to come in there and mm -hmm. 
Because I'm like that. You're not. You're not. I would assume. Yeah. Barring so, the news from being in there. You're not barring people from yeah, being in there. Yeah, just cameras. So yes. I'm sure that they're still going to. Reporters are still going to be allowed to go. And they're going to still be able to use recorders. Um, they just aren't going to be able to air this on TV. But girl. With the way that the world goes now, we're gonna we still gonna know everything. I'm thinking about we're gonna like, see something. Yeah. Like prime example, the YSL case. Yeah. There's no reason that there was really no no nothing in 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 even like in proceedings behind closed doors. Like, why did we see Gunna's confession video essentially? I mean, he really didn't <laughs> confess to the crime, but he just confessed that he knew YSL was a gang. But I'm like, why did we see that? Yeah. Literally. You're right. You're right. So let me wrap this up. Brian's trial was set to start on October 2nd, but is no longer starting on October 2nd. It's unclear of when Brian's trial will start now, but his defense did say since they got that death penalty charge that his defense would not be ready for trial by October. So I'm wondering if that's the reason why it moved or Mm -hmm. what. I didn't even know that could happen, Um, but they're also trying to get the DNA thrown out. Why or how? I really don't. Yeah, and I'm like, I feel like they're gonna have a time throwing that out. It would be it would be different if Brian was like another of their friends, and it's like, yeah, he's over there all the time. Of course, his DNA is on, you know, whatever the sheep. But he didn't know them women or that yeah. man. Literally, no other DNA in that house of Brian's, but that one. I will also say though, that's kind of fishy. You that got a nice sheep. You got a nice sheep, and you're telling me some of his DNA is only on this nice sheep that was supposedly found at the crime scene. I'm going to leave my thoughts for a later time, though. All I'm going to tell y'all is we'll be back on this case soon. <laughs> Take it away, Mandy. Bring yeah. us home. Yeah. Woo, woo, woo. Thank you. Summer, <laughs> summer, summer time. Oh, we hope you play. enjoyed our recap from the summer. We can't wait to see you again next Monday. Hey, hey, hey. Um, and again, this is another episode of Murder at the Table. I am Amanda Washington. And I'm Michelle Graham. See ya. Bye.